Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management and product marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Callie Frisbee, the content and social strategist at Pragmatic Institute, and your guest host for today. I'm excited to be joined by Rebecca Caligeris, the Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and our regular host for our podcast. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, Callie. It's great to be on the other side of the mic. I know, the other side of the mic today. We get to interview you and pick your brain a little bit. Looking forward. Me too. So Rebecca, today's episode surrounds the Pragmatic Annual Survey. This is a survey we conduct every year, and it's so valuable with so many key insights, everything from emerging trends in the product world, what your counterparts are earning around the world, the day-to-day pains and gains product professionals are facing, and, and so much more. Just So just really solid, valuable data that we can take with us into the new year. And I think now with this pandemic and the unknown, this information is probably more valuable than ever. Um, so maybe Rebecca, we'll start with our first question, um, just about, you know, a little bit of a background about these surveys, why we conduct them and why it's so important for, for product people to chime in and have their voices heard. Absolutely, Kelly. So we've actually, as a, an organization, done this survey for nine, uh, and I have had the pleasure of being part of the last nine of them. Uh, and it really is sort of the, 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 the premier survey of the space, taking in a, a look at what are the challenges product management and product marketing are facing today? Where are they spending their time? What are the key activities? Um, and then to your point, the really good, you know, let's dig in and figure out what people are making and the factors that are, are, are um, adjusting or changing what they make, right? The, the geographic and experience, is it education? How do all those factors seem to influence what someone is is earning. Uh, we also do a lot with uh, organizational structure. So how many product management and product marketing professionals, how does that compare to the number of salespeople? How does that compare to the number of, of, de- of uh, developers or UX people? And those ratios, those are one of those areas that we've actually seen evolve a lot through the years. And it's one of the, the areas and one of the main use cases for the survey is when you're talking to your organization and you're talking about staffing, you're trying to make the case that you need more designers or that you need more product people, those kind of ratios can really help make those cases. So it's the, the more data we have, the wider collection of answers we get, the more we can kind of provide that advisory role to the organization, both about salaries and compensation, but about organizational structures and needs, about areas of, of focus uh, that I think is really valuable. Because again, the, the bigger the pool we have, Kelly, the the more we can segment it, right? So we can talk about what does product look like in the UK? What does product look like in San Francisco? What does it look at at hardware companies? What does it look like at software companies? Um, how does it look like at, at high growth companies or, or low growth in startups? It's really a great way of being able to, to segment and see the how this profession that we all love changes depending on all these different factors. Yeah. And I think you make a really good point, Rebecca, you know, when you say it helps us identify the needs of organizations and things along those lines. And, you know, I know we have some terrific instances with pragmatic alums where we were really able, they were able to utilize this information in in real world situations. Um, Can you maybe talk about a couple of those where they were able to really use and benefit from the survey data? Absolutely. So my two favorites, well, every year I get at least one person who reaches out and says, hey, got your annual survey. I use this with my boss to explain why I was below market 
for, for my role and I got a raise, right? Obviously not the only reason they get a raise. They also were obviously doing a great job, but I love those emails. That makes me so excited. Uh, and then the other one really was a, a large organization in the insurance space going under a restructuring. Uh, and they were really trying to explain to the, the sort of rest of the leadership group why they needed what seemed like such a significant increase in investment in the product space. And it was like, we gave you one, that should make you happy. Uh, and so they really, we worked with them and dug into the ratios and we, and we really tried to like tailor what the data for them to meet their profile. And that helped them successfully make the case. It's like, oh, wow, you are asking for, you know, quote unquote, a lot, but it's actually lower than, than maybe the, the, your peers in the space have. And so this is an important step going forward. So two really powerful use cases and, and some of my favorite stories when we get people to, to reach out about those. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that even with these surveys, I mean, I think we're sort of all guilty, right? Um, you know, when we get these links, it's like, you know, we've been communicating over our computers now more than ever, whether it's emails, links, invites. And so I think a lot of times that we can kind of just brush these off, right? We look past them. But, um, you know, why do you think it's so important that product professionals really take that time to fill it out and, uh, and, and explore? I think it's a great question, Kelly, and I'm, I'm, I'm certainly get survey burnout myself. I think what I, as a, as a product professional myself, right, when I look at this survey is a little bit different because it's much less about what, you know, most surveys are, you know, give us your responses so we can make ourselves, our company better or a product better. In this case, this survey helps you. It's all about helping you position yourself in the market, understand the market, maybe see areas of opportunity you hadn't thought of. Uh, find from the market other, you know, places people are spending time, tactics that you've not heard of. So really filling out this survey is, is, is more for you than it is, is for, for anyone else. And I think that that's a, a powerful reason to do it. Um, and I actually think, you know, we're really interested this year to see as well with COVID, some of the responses, you know, you know, we've all kind of talked about how COVID changes this and COVID changes everything, right? And so there's lots of conversations about that, but really have some questions in here deep diving into how has COVID affected product plans? Uh, and, and then of those kind of, of, you know, what is your roadmap that you have now, the activities you have now look like what compared to what you expected at the beginning of the year, as well as sort of of the things that changed, like how is this going to, to change going forward? And I think that's gonna be also, uh, maybe not the sort of self-serving reasons of the first part, I think it's going to be a really interesting look at it. And I think with a very product specific focus um, of, of the impact of COVID. And of course, we won't know all the impacts for a while, but I think that'll be a really great piece to be able to, to unveil and see. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting, the insights that we uncover. I mean, especially because, you know, we're going to see a lot of those, those pains and gains, but you know, everyone's been so isolated. So, you know, you, you kind of can't really see each other's journey, whereas maybe years prior, you, you've been able to. So I think that uh, it's going to be more valuable than ever. Um, but, you know, speaking, just kind of touching on that pandemic and, and talking a little bit more about it. I mean, it's obviously greatly shifted the way that we, we work and the way that we live. Um, but what I think is so interesting is now, you know, more and more companies are going remote. And so uh, being able to look into some of those um, you know, insights into how much people are making and, and the states they are. And not only do we do it in, in the U.S., but around the world. I mean, can you talk about how maybe that could influence maybe people moving or changing or, or shifting paths? 
Um, right now, I'm just kicking myself, Callie, that I didn't ask whether they were working uh, in person, remote, and whether the re the remote was a permanent switch. And I'm kicking it myself because I'm, I would be interested to know how that affects compensation and salaries, right? We've seen some big companies like Microsoft who announced that like, hey, you can work from wherever, that's fine. But they specifically said they were going to adjust your salary based on the geographic location of which you, you ended up, right? Whereas other companies don't, right? If you were hired at a San Francisco salary and you moved to, to Idaho, you get to take that Idaho, you know, you get to bring that San Francisco dollars and buy a lot more in Idaho, right? Um, but I think that's a, an interesting place for future uh, cases. But I think then on the flip side, as a remote worker, uh, you may be, you may, I, there could be an advantage to looking for companies headquartered in some areas where the compensation may be heavier, where you, specifically, because you, you can work anywhere. That might be another way of trying to kind of optimize and look for the, the, best, the best role. Yeah. And I think that, you know, obviously we, we train product marketers, we train product managers. I mean, could you maybe speak to some of the, the pieces of the survey that might, you know, better service product marketers and maybe some that would better service product managers? I mean, there's really, there's really something for everyone in there. Oh, absolutely. Right. And one of the, like when we're talking about COVID and, and whether what was positively or negatively uh, affected, the things we talked about were like things that were definitely product marketing, right? So uh, target market demand, new target markets, different marketing channels, different um, uh, strategies, right? On the product side is like, did you change key features? Did you, did your roadmap change? Uh, so there, you know, there, there's pieces like that, all of those lenses in that way. We dig a lot into problems. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of our jam, as everyone knows who listens to us, right? But, you know, it's, it's problems and activities related to, to go-to-market programs and sales enablement, as well as sort of strategic product planning, roadmaps, and requirements. So we're digging into all of those to make sure that we've got information as well. And it's one of the ways that we always cut salary and bonus uh, as well is by those sort of primary functions, less title, but more primary function of product marketing and product management. And I think that, um, you know, when we talk about the survey as a whole, um, you know, were there any, I feel like, you know, everyone, oh, okay, there's certain things that they expect, right? They, they've been in product long enough where they can, they've kind of seen, you know, enough things where they know what to expect. But, you know, I also think that there's insights that, that we really discover that, that are kind of um, shocking or maybe something that, that we weren't planning on. I mean, can you talk about anything there that was like, oh, that was an interesting insight that, that we gained that we might not have known or didn't expect? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think one of the areas, and I, I touched upon it a little bit before, but I think there's two. Uh, I think it was very illuminating in terms of the amount of struggles people have around the launch process. Uh, it's something we know and we, and we talk about, well, one year we kind of did a, a, a a deep dive on that and the percentage of people who missed dates, who went, maybe hit their date, but with a fraction of the expected scope coverage was so high and it was so consistent across so many uh, industries, but particularly high in a software and SaaS environment. Uh, and I think it was one of those where I'm not sure it should have been surprising as much as it was like, oh, oh, that's right. Yes. Right. It was uh, reinforced something that you had forgot had that much emphasis. Uh, and the other place I think is the staffing ratios, right? How many product owners to product managers, how many designers to product managers, how many designers to developers. 
those are really interesting too because you can you can watch uh, as different areas of an organization emerge. And if we look past the last nine, 10 years, you can see the number of designers, you can see the number of product owners, you can see the number of data analysts grow in ratios, right? So you can see that these are emerging parts. And that's really interesting because not, these, these emerging roles and partners are opportunities for product teams, amazingly so, right? But you gotta figure out how to work with those effectively. How does that change your role? And what, you know, what can you give them? Because really they're uh, maybe better equipped for it. How do you make those handoffs? What should you expect from them and what can they expect from you? Um, and in those organizations where they, they kind of get those new roles in and really figure out how to integrate them early, it's such an, a, a, an advantage, right? And then you really see the growth because they're, you know, um, they're taking some of that specialist uh, power in and helping people focus on their area. So that's an area that I'm always anxious for to see those ratios, see which ones are emerging, maybe which ones are, are coming down um, that are really interesting. You know, and what I think is so great about the prag our Pragmatic Institute survey is it's not just for folks who have taken our training, right? We really want an expansive look at everybody um, the whole world of product that goes that goes well beyond. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I mean, th this survey would be a miss, a miss if it only talked to people who've taken, you know, pragmatics training. That really is about getting the widest collection of product people and getting the most diverse levels of experience, types of products, locations, so that we have a comprehensive view. Uh, and, you know, and again, if you're going to use this data, as I would absolutely encourage you guys to do when you're doing your salary negotiations, as you're thinking about your organizational structures, it's not even talking about uh, reporting structures, um, the, the, the wider, the bigger expanse, the better, right? I mean, it's hard to be like this survey of 50 people, right? No one wants to see that. Uh, and we're already, you know, we're already in that four digit range uh, on this, on this survey. We have, we tend to have very big responses, but, but I really want to blow that out this year because like I said, bigger the numbers gives us a more comprehensive view. And I think with so much changing this year uh, and so much evolving that, that the bigger view we can get is going to give us some of the most exciting insights. Um, and so, yeah, so go to pragmaticinstitute.com slash take the survey take the survey yourself, uh, and then tag five friends. And if you do it on social, then you make Callie doubly excited. Uh, double the excitement. And I'm tracking yes. those too. So you guys can find them on all of our social channels. Uh, be sure to check them out. But you know, as Rebecca said, um, really important to get out there, get your voice heard, uh, especially now more than ever. So many great insights. And what I love is that you know the folks that have already taken them, they're at every level of product. So I can't wait to see what, what we uncover. Uh, Rebecca, it was so great to get to spend this time together, interview you, be able to host this episode. Um, as we mentioned, have your voice heard. We really encourage you to participate. Uh, tons of great insights and takeaway comes from these surveys, so it only takes a few minutes to complete. Um, that does it for today's episode. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to join us every week where we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. Take care. 